volume the third chapter six of helen this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit LibriVox.org. recording by kathleen helen by maria edgeworth volume the third chapter six the first of these paragraphs caught the eye by its title in capital letters la belle fiancée though quite unknown in the london world this young lady cannot fail to excite some curiosity among our fashionables as the successful rival of one whom the greatest painter of the age has pronounced to be the fairest of the fair the lady b f this new helen is we understand of a respectable family niece to a late dean distinguished for piety much and virtu more it was reported that the niece was a great heiress but after the proposal had been made it was discovered that vertu had made away with every shilling of her fortune this made no difference in the eyes of her enamorato who is as rich as he is generous and who saw with the eyes of a youth of age to-morrow his guardian a wary general demurred but nursery tactics prevailed the young lady though she had never been out or the victory from him of many campaigns the day for the marriage was fixed as announced by us but we are concerned to state that a postponement of this marriage for mysterious reasons has taken place delicacy forbids us to say more at present delicacy however did not prevent their saying in the next paper in a paragraph headed mystery solved we understand that in the course of a few days will appear the memoirs of the late colonel d y or reminiscences of a Rui, well known in the fashionable world this little volume bids fair to engross the attention of the higher circles as it contains besides innumerable curious personal and secret anecdotes the original love-letters of a certain belle fiancée now residing with a noble family in grosvenor square lady cecilia saw at once the whole dreadful danger her own letters to colonel d'avigny they must he how could they have got them they would be seen by her husband published to the whole world if the general found out they were hers he would cast her off for ever if they were believed to be helen's helen was undone sacrificed to her folly her cowardice oh if i had but told clarendon he would have stopped this dreadful dreadful publication and what falsehoods it might contain she did not even dare to think all was remorse terror confusion fixed to the spot like one stupefied she stood lady castlefort did not see it she had been completely engrossed with what she had been writing she was now looking for her most sentimental seal and not till she had pressed that seal down and examined the impression did she look up or notice cecilia been struck indeed with a sense of something unusual my dear said she you have no idea how odd you look so strange cecilia white ibahi giving two pulls to the bell as she spoke and her eyes on the door impatient for the servant she added after all cecilia helen stanley is no relation even only a friend take this note to the footman who answered the bell and the moment he left the room continuing in the same tone to lady cecilia she said you will have to give her up at last that's all so you had better make your mind up to it 
when lady cecilia tried to speak she felt her tongue cleave to the roof of her mouth and when she did articulate it was in a sort of hoarse sound is the book published she held the paper before lady castlefort's eyes and pointed to the name she could not utter diab ignis book is it published do you mean said lady castlefort absolutely published i cannot say but it is all in print i know i do not understand about publishing there's something about presentation copies i know katrine was wild to have one before anybody else so she is to have the first copy i know and i believe is to have it this very morning for the people at this breakfast it is to be the bonne bouche of the business what has katrine to do with it oh tell me quick dear me cecilia what a fuss you are in you make me quite nervous to look at you you had better go down to the breakfast-room and you will hear all about it from the fountain-head has katrine the book or not cried lady cecilia bless me i will inquire my dear if you will not look so dreadful she rang and coolly asked did that man that bookseller stone send any parcel or book this morning do you know for lady katrine yes my lady landrum had a parcel for lady katrine it is on the table i believe very well the man left the room lady cecilia darted on the brown paper parcel she had seen directed to lady katrine and seized it before the amazed louisa could prevent her stop stop cried she springing forward stop cecilia katrine will never forgive me but lady cecilia seizing a penknife cut the first knot oh cecilia i am undone if katrine comes in make haste make haste i can only let you have a peep or two we must do it up again as well as ever continued lady castlefort while lady cecilia fast as possible went on cut cut cutting the pack-thread to bits and she tore off the brown paper cover then one of the silver paper that protected the silk binding lady castlefort took up the outer cover and read to be returned before two o'clock what can that mean then it is only lent not her own katrine will not understand this will be outrageously disappointed i'm sure i don't care but here is a note from stone however which may explain it she opened and read stone's respects existing circumstances make it necessary her ladyship's copy should be returned will be called for at two o'clock cecilia cecilia make haste but katrine does not know yet still she may come up lady castlefort rang and inquired have they done breakfast breakfast is over my lady said the servant who answered the bell but landrum thinks the gentlemen and ladies will not be up immediately on account of one of the ladies being performing a poem very well very good added her ladyship as the man left the room then cecilia you will have time enough for when once they begin performing as sylvester calls it there is no end of it oh heavens cried cecilia as she turned over the pages oh heavens what is here such absolute falsehood shocking shocking she exclaimed as she looked on terrified at what she saw absolutely false a forgery whereabouts are you said lady castlefort approaching to read along with her oh do not read it cried cecilia and she hastily closed the book what signifies shutting the book my dear said louisa as if you could shut people's eyes i know what it is i have read it read it read it i really can read though it seems to astonish you but it is not published one can read in manuscript and did you see the manuscript i had a glimpse yes i know more than katrine thinks i know 
oh tell me louisa tell me all cried cecilia i will but you must never tell that i told it to you speak speak cried cecilia it is a long story said lady castlefort make it short then oh tell me quick louisa there is a literary desus descartes said lady castlefort a little vein of knowing a literary desus descartes churchill being at the head of everything of that sort you know the bookseller brought him the manuscript which sir thomas de Aubigny had offered him and wanted to know whether it would do or not mr churchill's answer was that it would never do without more pepper and salt meaning gossip and scandal and all that but you are reading on cecilia not listening to me i am listening indeed then never tell how i came to know everything katrine's maid has a lover who is as she phrases it one of the gentlemen connected with the press now my angelique who cannot endure katrine's maid tells me that this man is only a wonder maker a half-crown paragraph writer so through angelique and indeed from another person she stopped and then went on through angelique it all came up to me all what cried cecilia go on go on to the facts i will if you will not hurry me so the letters were not in miss stanley's handwriting no i am sure of that said cecilia copies were all that they pretended to be so they may be forgeries after all you see but how did katrine or mr churchill come by the copies i have a notion but of this i am not quite sure i have a notion from something i was told by in short i suspect that carlos lady davenant's page somehow got at them and gave them or had them given to the man who was to publish the book lady katrine and churchill laid their heads together here in this very sanctum sanctorum they thought i knew nothing but i knew everything i do not believe horace had anything to do with it except saying that the love-letters would be just the thing for the public if they were bad enough i remember too that it was he who added the second title reminiscences of a Rui, and said something about alliteration's artful aid and now concluded lady castleford it is coming to the grand catastrophe as katrine calls it she has already told the story and to-day she was to give all her set what she calls ocular demonstration cecilia now quick finish they will be here this instant give me the book let me do it up this minute no no let me put it up cried lady cecilia keeping possession of the book and the brown paper i am a famous hand at doing up a parcel as famous as any bond street shopman your hands are not made for such work anybody but lady castlefort would have discerned that lady cecilia had some further design and she was herself afraid it would be perceived but taking courage from seeing what a fool she had to deal with lady cecilia went on more boldly louisa i must have more pack-thread this is all cut to bits i will ring and ask for some no no do not ring for the footman he might observe that we had opened the parcel cannot you get a string without ringing look that basket none there i know said lady castlefort without stirring in your own room then angelique has some how do you know i know never mind how go and she will give you pack-thread i must have it before katrine comes up so go louisa go go in the imperative mood operated and she went she did not know why that instant lady cecilia drew the book out of the half-folded paper and quick quick tore out page after page every page of those letters that concerned herself or helen and into the fire thrust them and as they blazed held them down bravely had the boldness to wait till all was black 
all the while she trembled but stood it and they were burnt and the book in its brown paper cover was left on the table and she downstairs before lady castlefort's dressing-room door opened and she crossed the hall without meeting a soul except the man in waiting there the breakfast-room was at the back of the house looking into the gardens and her carriage at the front door had never been seen by lady katrine or any of her blue set she cleared out of the house into her carriage and off to the park said she she was off but just in time the whole tribe came out of the breakfast-room before she had turned the corner of the street she threw herself back in the carriage and took breath congratulating herself upon this hair-breath scape for this hour this minute she had escaped she was reprieved and now what was next to be done this was but a momentary reprieve another copy would be had no not till to-morrow though the sound of the words had been read from the bookseller's note by lady castlefort though scarcely noticed at the time recurred to her now and there was hope something might to-day be done to prevent the publication it might still be kept for ever from her husband's and from beauclerc's knowledge one stratagem had succeeded others might she took a drive round the park to compose the excessive flurry of her spirits letting down all the glasses she had the fresh air blowing upon her and ere she was half round she was able to think of what yet remained to do money oh any money she could command she would give to prevent this publication she was not known to the bookseller no matter money is money from whatever hand she would trust the matter to no one but herself and she would go immediately not a moment to be lost to stones the booksellers arrived do not give my name only say a lady wants to speak to mr stone the people at mr stone's did not know the livery or the carriage but such a carriage and such a lady commanded the deference of the shopman please to walk in madam and by the time she had walked in the man changed madam to your ladyship mr stone will be with your ladyship in a moment only in the warehouse if your ladyship will please to walk up into the back drawing-room there's a fire the maid followed to blow it and while the bellows wheezed and the fire did not burn lady cecilia looked out of the window in eager expectation of seeing mr stone returning from the warehouse with all due celerity no mr stone however appeared but there was a good fire in the middle of the courtyard as she observed to the maid who was plying the wheezing bellows and who answered that they had a great fire there this hour past burning of papers and at that moment a man came out with his arms full of a huge pile sheets of a book lady cecilia saw it was thrown on the fire then came out and stood before the fire could she he mistaken impossible it was like a dream the general cecilia's first thought was to run away before she could be seen but the next moment that thought was abandoned for the time to execute it was now past the messenger sent across the yard had announced that a lady in the back drawing-room wanted mr stone eyes had looked up the general had seen and recognized her and all she could now do was to recognize him in return which she did as eagerly and gracefully as possible the general came up to her directly not a little astonished that she whom he fancied at home in her bed incapacitated by a headache that had prevented her from speaking to him should be here so far out of her usual haunts and as it seemed out of her element what can bring you here my dear cecilia the same purpose which if i rightly spell brought you here my dear general and her eye intelligently glanced at the burning papers in the yard do you know then cecilia what those papers are how did you know lady cecilia told her history keeping as strictly to facts as the nature of the case admitted 
her headache of course she had found much better for the sleep she had taken she had set off she told him as soon as she was able for lady castlefort's to inquire into the meaning of the strange whispers of the preceding night then she told of the scandalous paragraphs she had seen how she had looked over the book and how successfully she had torn out and destroyed the whole chapter and then how hoping to be able to prevent the publication she had driven directly to mr stone's her husband with confiding admiring eyes looked at her and listened to her and thought all she said so natural so kind that he could not but love her the more for her zeal of friendship though he blamed her for interfering in defiance of his caution had you consulted me or listened to me my dear cecilia this morning i could have saved you all this trouble i should have told you that i would settle with stone and stop the publication as i have done but that copy which had been sent to lady katrine surely i did some good there by burning those pages for if once it had got among her set it would have spread like wildfire you know clarendon he acknowledged this and said smiling be satisfied with yourself my love i acknowledge that you made there a capital coup de main just then in came mr stone with an account in his hand which the general stepped forward to receive and after one glance at the amount he took up a pen wrote and signed his name to a cheque on his banker mr stone received it bowed obsequiously and assured the general that every copy of the offensive chapter had been withdrawn from the book and burnt that copy excepted which you have yourself general and that which was sent to lady katrine hawkspy which we expect in every minute and it shall be sent to grosvenor square immediately i will bring it myself to prevent all danger the general who knew there was no danger there smiled at cecilia and told the bookseller that he need take no further trouble about lady katrine's copy the man bowed and looking again at the amount of the cheque retired well satisfied you come home with me my dear clarendon do not you said lady cecilia they drove off on their way the general said it is always difficult to decide whether to contradict or to let such publications take their course but in the present case to stop the scandal instantly and completely was the only thing to be done there are cases of honour when women are concerned where law is too slow it must not be remedy it must be prevention if the finger of scorn dares to point it must be cut off after a pause of grave thought he added upon the manner in which helen now acts will depend her happiness her character her whole future life lady cecilia summoned all her power to prevent her from betraying herself the danger was great for she could not command her fears so completely as to hide the look of alarm with which she listened to the general but in his eyes her agitation appeared no more than was natural for her to feel about her friend my love continued he if helen is worthy of your affection she will show it now her only resource is in perfect truth tell her so cecilia impress it upon her mind would to heaven had i been able to convince her of this at first speak to her strongly cecilia as you love her impress upon her that by esteem beauclair's love the happiness of her life depend upon her truth as he repeated these words the carriage stopped at their own door end of volume the third chapter six